I never know when we're live. I never know when Remember we're this from the last time? I know. I don't either. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. You're watching the God Logic <laughs> Project, where we discuss maintaining a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. I we're, tonight, we're talking about weaponizing love and surviving abusive relationships. Uh, but first, the intro music. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty, and this is the God Logic Project. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> That's right. I'm Kevin Haggerty. That's Mike Houston telling me to shut up like he does every week. Uh, we have uh, uh, an interesting topic, a topic that uh, I really want to learn more about. And, and uh, I reached out to a few friends and, and came up with three people that uh, have experience surviving abusive relationships. And that could be that could be physical abuse, abuse, emotional abuse, or even sexual abuse within a, a, a relationship. So, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about that, and it's a very tough subject, and I encourage you guys, of course, to comment on the YouTube channel. Uh, we will monitor. I am now monitoring comments on the YouTube channel, and you will see me comment on there occasionally. Oh, there we are. We're on. Uh, so if you're going to comment, please comment on the YouTube channel, uh, and I should mute my phone so we don't hear me twice. And then the uh, uh, you could also call in. We're going to open the phone lines at some point, so you can call in and, and if you like to, anonymously or otherwise, share your experience, strength, and hope with this topic. Uh, so we're talking tonight about uh, weaponizing love, abusive relationships. Uh, it's going to be an interesting night. First, I want to thank you guys, of course, for your continued support of the God Logic Project. We continue to grow subscribers. I encourage you to take a second, subscribe, ring the alert bell. You'll get a reminder every time we put up new content. Uh, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is a big deal to a, a YouTube creator. So I really do encourage you to take a second and do that for me. I'd really appreciate it. I want to thank you guys, as always, for going to godlogicproject.com, clicking on the Amazon logo if, and shopping. If you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, go to my website and click on the logo. Shop as normal, but Amazon will throw a few bucks to the God Logic Project, help to pay the expenses every month for the uh, running a podcast studio. Uh and, and the other thing is, and this is pretty cool, you can now go to anchor.fm forward slash Project and be a project partner. So you can, you can pledge a dollar, $5, or $10 a month. Uh, it comes right out of your, off your debit card every month, and it will uh, help, again, to offset some of the expenses of running a podcast uh, that I've been, you know, so far paying out of pocket. Because let me, let me tell you, this ministry is bleeding to death. Uh, if it wasn't for... Uh, 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 living on a budget, I wouldn't be able to do this. So anyway, in the studio today, I'm going to have the guests introduce themselves. Uh, first, we have uh, Casey. What's your name? Uh, my name is Casey. I'm your daughter. Oh, that's why I recognize <laughs> you. I thought I recognized you. Yep. So, uh, and you have an experience with, with an abusive relationship. Uh, and Give us just an, an overview. You were married to somebody that was, how was he behaving? What was that like? Um, to me, it wasn't very super abusive there was times where i was held down um things like that but he never hit me or anything like that the abuse was actually towards my children um when it started my youngest was 17 months old so um it was very very difficult um and continued even after we separated and um yeah now it's finally better but um it was hard for a long time Right, and that was a situation you were probably in for a year or two. Is that correct? The how abuse all together was uh, like probably three years. Okay, so that is uh, uh, that is something. Well, we'll we're going to unpack that a little bit more, but uh, it's got to be terribly mm. difficult to to a admit you're in that situation and b then be brave enough and bold enough mm -hmm. to get out of that relationship, uh, that situation. 
Uh, Jen, uh, introduce yourself. You've been on the show before, of course. You are? I'm Jennifer Little, and um, so I was in an abusive marriage. Uh, My ex-husband physically, mentally, emotionally abused me for a few years. Um, The last time that he did... um, he was arrested for battery by strangulation. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it got really bad. Um, and it's it's difficult, um, you know, when you're married to have to tell your family that, um, you know, I have a child with him, um, and to pack up your, your whole life and, and leave is scary. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, and then um, down at the other end of the studio, we don't always have a third guest, and when we do, we have no backdrop but sound blankets behind them. Uh, Kendall, introduce yourself to the viewing audience. Okay, yeah. My uh, name is Kendall Surratt, and uh, I've been for the last 16 years up until recently in a codependent relationship where, uh, you know, the female was abusive mm. also. And and then we're going we're gonna to unpack that a little bit more, but when you reached out to me to, as part of this project uh, on, on weaponizing love, I was very interested and intrigued to have a man in the in the conversation rather than just women. So the uh, uh, and I don't have, by the way, I don't have a background in this myself. So it, it'll be good for you guys to kind of pour into me uh, your experience, strength, and hope. And while you're ex- while you're describing this to me, maybe we're helping somebody in the viewing audience. Right. So I encourage you guys to continue watching, uh, and I appreciate you being here. I think this is an episode that can do a lot of good. So uh, uh, I want to move on now. The uh, uh, we'll go. We'll go in order again, and we're going to get a little bit more and uh, a little bit more descriptive in what was going on. And then uh, we'll start with Casey, and we'll go around the table. And then, if you guys can relate, uh, you can speak into uh, you know what Casey's kind of expressing as well. So, Case, uh, you were strangely enough, your dad didn't know all this was going on. So yeah. we talk about Jen talked about telling your family and keeping it a secret. Uh, there is, it had to be a heavy weight considering you and I are very close in the real world outside of the podcast world. Uh, and it must've been very difficult for you not to share this information with me. So talk about what it was like and, and, and the, uh, was there a, a loneliness or an isolation that went with trying to keep a secret like that? Um, yeah, it was very lonely. Um, for the first year and a half, it was a lot of emotional abuse. So, um, manipulation so he manipulated me which you hear about it the opposite way kind of what you're saying but he manipulated me into getting pregnant usually the woman you hear manipulates um somebody the guy and so they kind of get stuck together he was like that with me um manipulated me into a lot of things but um we would constantly get in these arguments and he was very angry and um, I was pregnant, told me, I was eight months pregnant at this point, told me to go get an abortion. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't with me, cause he knew I wanted to leave, if he wasn't with me, then he wouldn't be part of his child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of up my butt seeing if I'm uh, trying to see if I'm cheating on him and like all always, always emotionally abusive with the yelling and I know you're doing something and, and like, I'm not doing anything. I'm nine months pregnant, but, um, there was things like that, and uh, then I got pregnant again right away. Yeah. Um, and I believe that was another form of making sure that I could stay, and the second time ended up being twins. Um, so the twins were born 11 months after Kennedy was born. So you had Irish triplets. Mm-hmm. You didn't stop at Irish twins. You yep. had three kids in one year. Yep. So um, soon after, actually during the pregnancy with the twins, um, he was cheating on me with his employees, 
um, at his restaurant. He's a general manager of restaurants, so he would cheat on me with his employees and things like that. Um, and we would, I would catch him and still say, I'm just, I'll, I'll be with you because now it's, I'm scared to be without him because he's been so angry, right. you know. Um, and now what am I going to do with three kids? So I wasn't working at that point um, just because daycare would have been my whole paycheck. But right. um, so it was a lot of now I'm scared to leave. Uh, and the first time it happened, my oldest, Kennedy, was 17 months old. And he was giving her a bath and um, had she was throwing a tantrum after the bath. She didn't want to get dressed. And he hit her face and gave her two black eyes, a um, wow. bloody lip and a bloody nose. I told him, I, I know what you did. I could hear commotion from, I was in the next room, so I could hear commotion, um, but I didn't see it physically happen. Um, but I could hear the commotion. I thought she was just throwing a tantrum. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. And because um, he really had been, and people hate me for saying this, but he really was a great dad. So that sounds crazy because he's a, a convicted child abuser, right. um, but he loved them. And he was up, he was a dad that was up in the middle of the night to take, to give them bottles and you just go sleep. I'll take care of them. The problem was the anger, right? Yeah. The mental health. And he was, was a problem. convicted child abuser after that point. He wasn't prior right. to that, correct? Right. Correct. And, and Jen, when you hear a story like that, wh how much of that uh, uh, mirrors your story? Oh, and, I can and relate. What would you say, what would you say, uh, um, what would you say was was similar, and then and were there any uniqueness, any other uniquenesses to your situation? That's how mine started. So um, it started with the little things like where are you go, just things you wouldn't even think about. Right. The little like where are you going, um, who are you talking to? Um, I remember I was talking to my mom, and my mom and I had a really great have a really great relationship, and so we were talking for like thirty minutes, and he got so mad that I was talking to her, like, he smashed my phone. Well, what do you got to talk to your mom for for that long, you know? Yeah. Um, so it started with with little things like that. Um, you know, why do you have to wear makeup when you go grocery mm. shopping? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just change your hair like this. Um, you shouldn't wear that. So we see control again as part of the situation. Definitely. And the... Uh, I would guess the reason he doesn't want to talk you talking to your mom is he he doesn't want you disclosing right, the, right. these things to to someone that clearly love you would love you Correct. and protect you right so, so and, isolation for sure mm -hmm. yeah that seems to be a recurring theme mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm I'm already learning a lot from this but Kendall you have a unique situation because you're married or we're married or still married uh, um, I mean like right now we're just separated trying to see like where we can get our lives but there's no like plan beyond that. Yeah. So, uh, but you were in, you're you're married to somebody, and you're in a relationship with somebody where uh, the woman was controlling. Did, um, it, does your situation sound like their situation, just in reverse, or how is it? No, different? I mean it's different in almost a few different ways, but it's still the same. Um, like you're saying, uh, checking on you, seeing what you're doing all the time. Well, that's an obvious insecurity. Mm -hmm. it, from a guy's point of view, that would be, I don't know where I would be, so where could you be? Like, think that the, yep. the female is up to something mm -hmm. in your relationship because you're probably the one that's looking to go find another female to go spend time with. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that's wrong with you in the relationship, mm -hmm. like how you think and process, and that's how it breaks down to putting it on to your girlfriend or your wife. You're not going to be faithful, so you divert that to the female and automatically assume 
She's not faithful. Well, I've been in I've been in relationships myself where the person uh, struggled with mental illness, and uh, uh, I began to being confident that I can help and we can get through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the constant denial, denial. I began to think maybe I'm the crazy one. Did you find that to be an issue where? Where you, you, you live in this environment so long, you begin to think to yourself, maybe they're right. Absolutely. You know, why am I putting on makeup? Why am I calling my mom? Mm-hmm. Why did I stop at the gym after after work or something like that? Speaking to that, is there, do you, did you ever find yourself thinking, you know, they might be right? Yes. You know, and, and, and begin to blame yourself for the Every situation you're in. So that hap- that's common. Yeah, for me. Yeah. So how did that unpack that for me a little bit? How did that, if some, if, if you're going to explain that to somebody watching, and, and we are, by the way, international now, people, we have like a 3% market share in Indonesia. Okay. Okay. I don't know how. <laughs> I hope they speak English. But the uh, uh, explain to me how it felt that to be in this situation, you for three years, you for how long? Um, about three years. Okay. And the, uh, you had an absolute trigger. So something triggered you, to the, the instinct to protect your child, uh, triggered your move, right? So mm-hmm. God interrupted your self-will. Uh, turns out that instance, which seemed terrible, and I, I had a front row seat. You came to live with me after that, um, was the, perhaps the biggest blessing in your in your life because I, I know your story, of course, uh, well, and your recovery after that and, and the things that God has put into your life after that have been tremendous. Yeah. But the, the while you're in that situation, uh, and people watching this feel the same way. It's almost hopeless. And if, if you are feeling it like I was feeling at one point, you know, t- eight or ten years ago, I'm thought I'm starting to think, what am I crazy? What's the matter with me? Right. You know. And uh, so, and I reached out to people. Interestingly enough, I would reach out to people and say something's not right. And these are her friends, and they were convinced it was me. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're saying they're saying, and I might have a reputation of being impatient and intolerant. I consider it <laughs> in- efficient. Right. Uh, but they uh, they were convinced, very well convinced that it was me. And years later, mm-hmm. when I would see them, they would be, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You told us, you asked us for help, and we thought it was. I thought it was you. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry." And and blah blah blah. Of course, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube anymore. But right. the uh, uh, when you try to share this information with people, uh, do you find that they're they spend a, a too much time thinking about what your part is in it or defending the abuser had did you have either of you or any of you had that kind of relationship for me um it wasn't necessarily that I was defending um but I would start feeling like he's right like I'm not worth anything like I'm like I'm not pretty you know what I mean I had these babies and I'm I'm gross yes and um truly I was blessed my body truly did bounce back. Thank you, God. Um, after even twins, people, you know what I mean? I'm not being cocky. I'm being real. But um, but I still felt so ugly. And um, he would he would tell me that. He would yeah. say, You're, I'm not attracted to you. Like, I'm, I'm not in, interested in you. And I would, I started believing that. I started believing I'm not enough. And um, physically, sexually, anything like that. And that seems to me that that would maybe something that would occur deep into an unhealthy relationship, but not in Absolutely. three years, right? So when you get into your 60s and 70s, maybe you begin to kind of feel that way and you kind of, you know, you see the end, you know, mm-hmm. you, rec- you recognize your own uh, mortality and you go through what they call a midlife crisis and mm-hmm. all of a sudden uh, it's not good enough. But that's very strange that in your 30s after just three years, and he was in his 30s or 20s. He was in his 30s. I was only 20. Yeah. I was so like 25. Yeah. 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 I was like so 25. 
and the, in the uh, so then that that is that there should be a red flag. I would right. guess that it is so early in the relationship to be unattracted to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and your attraction, I found that when I was married, my attraction grew. It didn't get. It, it grew every year. It didn't get less and less. Right, every year. and a healthy right. relationship. But obviously, when it's toxic, you know, it's so easy to believe that. Well, I did have his baby, so I do have these stretch marks. So I do, you know, I am tired. So it starts making sense, and that's like, that's how it just starts. And then you really start thinking about it, and it sinks in. Yep. You know, you're not, you know, when you're a mother, you're. You're not worried about yourself anymore. You're worried about your children, yeah. and you're taking care of your children. So your hair may not be done all the time. You may not always have makeup on. And so, yeah, you feel less than. And so when you're with your husband or your significant other and they're telling you, you look like crap. Like, I'm not, I don't, you know, it sinks in and it hits really hard and really deep. And the only people that could really hurt us are the people that are close mm-hmm. enough, right? right? So if you can't, if you're not in position to hurt me, you're not in position to help mm-hmm. me either. Right. And so the instinct is then, do we help each other? It's almost fight and flight or mm-hmm. flight. Do we pull in the same direction? Do we help each other through this process or do we run, right? Do we, do we run to another relationship? Do we, do we try to sabotage the relationship mm-hmm. we have for a sense of, uh, of, uh, almost freedom, I guess it would be right. So, right. And, and the whole time you're really a slave to that sin nature mm-hmm. uh, with the things we think are setting us free are generally we it, you're a slave to that and if you think I'm wrong try to stop doing it for a while mm-hmm. and see so if the nightlife makes you free and if this relationship makes you free and that lifestyle makes you free maybe it does I say you're a slave to it try not doing it for 90 days and tell me if you're if 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 you are participating in that in in your own uh, with your own permission mm-hmm. still so you have Kendall uh, uh, a, a different view on it but but explain to me uh, what made you what made you kind of think to break that cycle and that's where we're going to go next what happened that's kind of what it was like but what happened that uh that you re- you recognize the problem and then we'll become i mean you recognize the problem early right. no matter how much denial you're in but all of a sudden you become willing to do something about it how did that fall into place for you well to put a time frame on things uh in my relationship it started in high school 16 years ago and it was never good from the beginning, but you do get that comfort with somebody and uh, you build a history with them. But as uh, time went on, I kept saying to myself, like, this is not right. Like, look how many people want to save her, want to save me. And like, what do I do? I'm afraid that I'm going to be so much worse off, you know, without this person in my life. So I finally got to the point where I saw things just spiraling out of control. And uh, like what I've told people at my congregation is the ship was sinking. So I can either be in the lifeboat and it's starting to sink too. Do I get out and try to swim and try to save myself? And also so that, you know, she could go and try to save herself? Or do we both stay on the boat? Uh, you know the lifeboat and sink together and and die like at so the end of Titanic. You're in a little bit of a different situation because there's a potential now still to save this relationship that you're in, and I don't know where you're at with that, but you do have that option. I would say that in all these cases, uh, we're deriving our self worth from the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So if if we derive our self worth from what somebody thinks of us, or from what the, our status or what the community thinks of us or, or money, or I did that for years with my ability to make money. 
And uh, when I couldn't do that, I felt worthless. It was perfectly natural response to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the idea that we should be in community with God and drawing our self-worth from our Genesis 2, hopefully Genesis 2 relationship with God, a loving relationship with God, and then all, th- all these things are are uh, are possible, right? You can then set yourself free from these things. Mm-hmm. So you, you're in a situation really where you're kind of considering uh, whether or not you're going to uh, or, or how to approach adjusting this thing. You guys are clearly outside of this relationship, separated from this relationship. You've rebuilt and gone on. Jen, when did you, what, what situation occurred? So if we're, if we're thinking about it as, as uh, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now, what happened that made you say, this isn't okay, I have to get out of this situation? So August 22nd, 2011, um, at about 8, 10 in the morning, um, my ex-husband strangled me. Um, while I was holding our son. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, he had done a whole bunch of other things before that, you know, just pushed me around and, you know, kind of like pull my hair. Just I'm not saying it's okay because it's definitely not. But this last time was like the worst. So everything leading up to that seemed like nothing. Um, so my kids had never seen him do any of this. Um, I would try to hide things and um, take them for car rides and, and, you know, just did the best that I could for them not to see it go on, you know. So August 22nd, 2011, um, I was holding our son and um, my ex-husband strangled me and threw us to the ground. Um, He busted out the window to the truck with us in it um, and it was just violent Mm. it was aggressive it was very scary um and and that was it that was it um I called the cops and I was done um and so I got out I I I I left and And that again a very maybe uh, a very low point in your life turned out to be the biggest blessing in your life because I know you're awesome now. Thank I know you're you. in real life outside of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we, uh, uh, this is, people are really responding to this topic online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got, I want to give a shout out to, uh, I'm reading it off my phone, AKC7 Boxer Pups. Mama K says hi. Hi. Not sure who that is. My but, mom. Oh, it is. Hi, <laughs> yeah. mom. Hey, mama. Are you calling again? That's are you cool. going to call us again? Uh, don't make me cry. I know, mommy. I promised I wouldn't do this. Uh, and then uh, Eric from New Jersey says hi. Uh, I don't know. That's your guy. Yeah, that's uh, someone I've known since like 2002. Uh, Very cool. Haven't haven't seen him in a while, but uh, he's definitely my best friend uh, in this world. Definitely. That's awesome. That's a great thing to have. Uh, some kind of degenerate name. Matthew Margetko. Oh, uh, that character. He says, there, there he is, the big guy. I don't know if he means me or you. I'm pretty, sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's me. Uh, I don't want to be full of myself or anything, but, you know, what's and up, Matt? Julie says, hi, Jen. Hi, Jules. This, this topic needs to be addressed publicly. Uh, okay. Darren Chance, one of my guys. Oh, three, hey. Three praying hands. Uh, St. Hoodlum, awesome topic. I like the name Saint Hoodlum. Yeah, yeah, that would be that's great. that would be something I could relate to as a pastor and an <laughs> <Right>? ex Hoodlum. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tony Ann Duvall says hi. That's pretty exciting. She's the best. She's awesome. Who is that? Tony Ann. T A. Yeah. Oh, hi, Tony Ann. 
And uh, what's the name of it? Uh, never mind. We won't. We, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> uh, and then uh, AKC Seven Boxer Pup says, "I can't wait to see my baby girl tomorrow. She is one in a million, and I love her. We happen to love her too. Ah, oh, thank so you. She's I love awesome. Y'all. I'm waiting for my mom to say something nice. And Saint Hoodlum says hi, Jen. So apparently that's hi. a Jen person. I don't know. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> I you guys. By the way, you uh, got a fan. <laughs> I appreciate you guys uh, subscribing, sharing our content whenever you see it on social media. It's a simple thing to do, but it really does help a, a, mm-hmm. a new ministry quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, when you go to Amazon, if you're shopping at Amazon anyway, you go to godlogicproject.com, click the uh, Amazon logo, shop like you normally would. But I think they owe me $0.32 cents this month, so Ooh. it's really Ooh. pretty Better exciting. That. That's $0.32. Uh, cent. They, uh, uh, they will send a, per- <laughs> a percentage of what you buy. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It, it comes out of their pocket, but it does help uh, pay for the bills that we uh, generate every, every month here. Uh, Michelle Vanker, somebody named Michelle Vanker. Oh, that's my mom. Oh, that's my oh, ex-wife. Here she, she is. Must have felt bad. Wait, my ex-wife can't watch this bad. show. This <laughs> is weird. Of course she can. You know what's weird? Her baby girls on here. You want to talk weird? My ex-wife, her husband, and my ex-sister-in-law are in leadership at my church. I love it. How that's crazy beautiful. is that? No, that's uh, awesome. Tony Ann says, "Casey, you're the best. I love you, and I'm so proud of you." Aww. Now she's gonna make me she cry. She pumps my heart always. My pride. So we uh, always does it. So going back to the topic, thank you guys again for watching and, and, and participating. Uh, we're going to open the phone lines here in a bit, but going back to the topic again. Uh, so we have a very definite, I know in Casey's case, there was a very definite instance where, because uh, she called me crying and I went and got her and we mm-hmm. took the kids to the house and, and, and the whole thing un- unloaded after that. Uh, so we had my little house. We had me, the boy, three kids, and Casey. Uh, and then the... Uh, uh, with you, there was a single situation that was just a tipping point, right? Mm-hmm. And then we begin to wonder why do we, you know, have to let it get that far? And that's right. our, you know, there's no sense in um, in doing that to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So I would guess that there is no healing in that. We understand if we understand our brokenness and what it takes to move forward, uh, that's where the value is in this. So God, if we if we there's nothing more dangerous for people than uninterrupted self will, which is what we're living on a lot of the time. God saw fit to interrupt that for you guys and, and yeah. for a bigger plan. And I happen to know, in Casey's case, what that bigger plan is. Case, what's going on with you lately? <laughs> what have you done for us lately, Casey? Oh, there's so much. So well, I'm getting married. To an awesome guy. Awesome guy. And he's handsome. And she stole my best friend, which is, which is really, I'm not even going to the wedding, if that tells you anything. Well, I was like, I remember when they were friends, and I'd be like, Dad, come on. Give me the hookup. Yeah. What's up, He's so dad? cute. Come on, Dad. And then he must have been saying the same thing to my dad. Aw. He loves me. So cute. And I, so I, cute. I had to kind of stay out of the whole thing because they would also, I can't believe what Adam did. I can't believe what Casey did. I know. I'm, it was bad at first. Yeah. yeah. We had to learn a lot. You grow up. It's and a process. Yeah. yeah. But That's they, uh, and they, they've gone through quite a process. Well, Casey has also became, and we talked about this on the show before, mm-hmm. but Casey is the first Female pastor ordained at Next Level Church. Awesome. Wait, yes. hold on. I love it. Oh, I always do that. And I happen to be a pastor, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. So, and, and now she's get, she's she's in a relationship, a God-centered, Christ-centered yes. relationship, and, and uh, it has not been easy the last couple of years to kind of build and develop, was, and their, mm-hmm. their commitment to this relationship uh, is growing and continues to grow, mm-hmm. and that is that is part of her spiritual recovery, part of her uh, uh, her 
owning her, cleaning her side of the street, kind of in keeping it that way, owning her part in things. Uh, and, and the progress has been, uh, has been tremendous. And I know in Jen, you're going to tell us in a second, but I know a little, you and I have been friends for mm -hmm. a while. I know a little bit about your story, but after that tipping point, kind of give us an idea of where, what happened and kind of where you're at now with your recovery as far as like abusive relationships. So first of all, I just wanted to tell you congratulations because I'm over here like about to cry. <laughs> we're, we're actually friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> like literally. Don't make so me cry, Jen. I know, it's great. So um, I am in recovery and um, I'm just out here trying to do God's work. I have a uh, sober living house, a faith-based one called Anchored in Recovery for women. Um, and I'm just out here, you know, trying to do her thing. glorify God, man, like do his work. I follow your life very closely yeah. on Facebook. And, and, and you have an, a tremendous relationship with your kids. You have a tremendous Ew. relationship with the with your, the the man raising your kids. Yes. Um, and the I woman. have to shout out Davey Johnson and Christy Johnson. They are like, they're my, my everything, my whole heart. That, that girl, Christy Johnson, she, um, she's a woman of, of God. And, um, I just love, I love her so much. She's my business partner and, um, she's my best friend. She's married to my son's father and, and we have this great relationship. Um, we have five boys together, and uh, we co-parent. Like, that's so cool. It's 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 crazy what God has done in our lives, and I'm just I'm so grateful. And think about that night with the broken truck window, and if that mm -hmm. didn't happen, none of, we wouldn't be talking about this, I right? Know. So, it, it, if not for God intervening in our lives and yes. and, and providing us a, a closing doors we shouldn't go through and opening mm -hmm. doors He wants us to go through. And most of the time, it's just a matter of us abiding. Right. Right. And and then the blessings come and come and come and come. They and, do. Uh, and I, I can tell you that every bad thing that's ever happened to me in my life, mm -hmm. and on paper, it, you know, I've had some hard times. Yeah. Uh, follow me around with a hidden camera, <laughs> and you'll think I'm the most blessed person you've ever seen in the world. Right. right? And, and I don't have materially the things I had 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, uh, so uh, first of all, let's show your Facebook page at least. Yeah. So yeah, this is it. this is anchored in recovery. It's a new recovery residence, transitional living, yes. uh, and that is in the picture. I believe that is yes, the godly woman, Christy Johnson. I'm gonna have to have Christy and Davey on the show. I know. I mean, it's, they yes. should be guests. They uh, should be. We got it. We can build some kind of uh, some kind of podcast around a healthy Christ-centered relationship yes, for sir. sure. You know. So if you if you need if you know women or men by. Uh, uh, we do right now. We're um, faith-based faith women, um, men, very soon. Um, but yes, right now it's faith-based uh, sober living. Yeah, so the uh, they can uh, get the extra layer of uh, of uh, of support that comes yes. along with with your recovery being focused and centered on growing your relationship with God. So it Absolutely. doesn't you don't have to be walking on water to get in there. No. Uh, but you you just have to know that. Uh, there is a power greater than you, and you're not it, right? Yes, so absolutely. So I, I tell people the big difference between me and God is God never mm -hmm. thinks he's me. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have a habit of thinking I'm God yeah. from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> and, uh, and you think plumber, the only mm -hmm. thing higher is God, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's great. So, so Kendall, I, I know a little bit about your story. We just met actually today, but though we've been talking for a week or so. Yeah, no. uh, we, we were in the same place at the same time today, and I recognize Awkward you Awkward how that's been happening lately with, like, everybody. 
That is, I, I have lost all faith in coincidences. Yeah, so, they don't exist no once you get sober and you start to see, like, all the dots turn into lines being connected. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to blow your anonymity or okay. anybody else in the room's anonymity, but uh, chemical addiction was part of your story, too. You're, you are uh, new in recovery from alcohol abuse, drug abuse? What is it? Um, I'm new in recovery from a whole bunch of things. Um, the main issue was opiates, um, but alcohol played a part, kind of like almost with anyone. Um, alcohol was not my starting point uh, to using, but using turned into, oh, well, you know, if I don't have that today, I'm going to use alcohol because I can get it right now, walk a mile, I need five bucks. You know, stop, drink, and uh, so yeah. you're doing. You're doing more than that, though. You're you're actively working in a program of recovery. I know this. Uh, yes, yes, I know people that know you. Yes, uh, we Everyone. won't use any names, but a guy that your sponsor is one of my homies. So <laughs> um, he uh, is, we won't use his name. He is uh, in, in in street culture. He's the big homie. Yeah, he yes. he is he is uh he is a guy mm-hmm. truly walking the the mm-hmm. walk that we're describing he's today. Awesome. I love him. We have a lot of fun. I won't use his name, but he's been on the show. And usually, uh, <laughs> usually we're giggling idiots when we're in the same place. Uh, at the yeah, same I'm starting. I'm starting to learn that about him now. Uh, but when you're also you're getting healthier, right? So I see that you're you're walking. Uh, yes, uh, uh, disciplined in your uh, mind, body, and spirit recovery seems to be kind of what you're plugged into. True. Yeah. Um. The way I I look at each day is if I want to stay sober, I have to keep busy. Mm-hmm. But because uh, like I'm not working and I don't have a vehicle that limits me. So what can I do in my recovery to get out of the house? Because yeah. the house is where you feel comfortable using and abusing drugs. You lock yourself inside, you stay there, you don't have to deal with anyone. But I'm not that type of person. I'm a people person, I wanna get out and about. So if that means I hop on the bus and walk down Ridge Road to apply for a job, why go back home? I just walk down the street get the exercise that I already need. Just like today, I had an appointment at Good Sam, and I was like, well, I'm already down here. Why not get my exercise in of two miles and walk to Mm. the Grace Recovery House where I could support my congregation and the cause. And that happened to be where we were today. And that's where we met today. I can tell you that isolation is a big deal in recovery, so it is. Uh, strangely, I can tell you from experience, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm 31 years, by the way, removed from my last drink and an arm's awesome. length away from my next drink. Mm. So you talk about just running down to the store and getting some alcohol. Yeah. Now, if I preach in jail and land of lakes, how many bars and, and liquor stores and 7-Eleven type stores, convenience stores, do I pass between right. in 45 minutes or an hour from land of lakes back right. here to holiday? And right. I live in holiday. Yeah, not hard to find drugs here. Just have to stand outside. Somebody will ask you. Exactly. Uh, so it is. It is is something we are. We need to understand. We are given a daily reprieve based on our spiritual condition. I say all that to say, it seems like you're doing the footwork, right? So I would continue to do the things that you're doing because I think you're doing it well. So if I'm, I, I, I'm not a betting man. Right. If I was right. a betting man, I would bet for you and not against you. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, definitely. Like I encourage anyone that wants to see someone early in recovery working towards like being an amazing person to follow my story because i mean i pray that every day that i stay sober um because i i can't do that alone that's what we learn in recovery mm-hmm. so but part of that is also like i i i do a little bit each day 
like so that it doesn't pile up. And what's that's doing? And it's making me feel accomplished. If I call and find out when my power bills do, or when my waters do, that's stupid sounding to someone who has their life together. Like that's all you did today. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like now that's off my plate. Right. So now I can accomplish the next big task and 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 so on. But the one thing I am having an issue with is like I dream big. You yeah. know, I I want to be out doing like stuff like that you're doing. And like my sponsor has to be like, yo, slow yeah. down <laughs> slow slow down <laughs> a little bit, bro. A yeah, I I know <laughs> you want to get out there. And yeah. I think that shows like where my heart really is because helping people is just what I want to do. But Kendall has to help himself. And there's just these little things that I have. They're small, but each day I try to tackle something in it. So if exercise and losing weight is it, I do that. If uh, calling, check on my power bill and uh, getting it in my name with a deposit. Yeah. The that, little things. What do you have to do to get today to get through today? So there's some yeah. of the things that I tell newcomers. By the way, the beginning of service work is showing up, right? The very first part of yeah. service work mm-hmm. for other newcomers and old timers like me is see – I can we can tell when someone is is working the program and when they're not right. Yeah. So the beginning of service work is showing up, you know, and setting and doing the things that 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 we suggest newcomers do are the same things we do on a daily basis. So we're not telling you things we used to do. We're telling you things that the things that will get you sober are the things that will keep you sober. Right. So it is it is self discipline in the beginning. It's it, spiritual it muscle memory after a little while. It is. And uh, I had, like, when I talk to my sponsor, um, we talk about like little tiny things that I I have to work on. Um, I have, you know, like, I have a lot of things going on in my brain, but where do I put my energy? Yeah, your brain is a crazy place. I don't know if you watch like <laughs> Elon Musk on. There, there's almost nothing going in yeah, on my- in my brain at any given moment. <laughs> It's it's crickets and tumbleweed. Oh, uh, wrong button. That's what it sounds oh, like in my is? head right uh, now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know what that is. I, yeah, I definitely know what that type of feeling is. Yeah. So the, the, it, early in recovery, it, you want to keep it very simple. So the best advice I got, and I was deep into recovery when I got it, was to play small ball. What do I got to do today to get through today? Right. right. Uh, be reasonably happy. Keep my expectations in line. I'm not going to fart fairy dust everywhere I go because I quit drinking. Don't hurt anybody today. Yeah. No lying, cheating, stealing, right? right. Yeah. Uh, help somebody, even if it means holding the door open for a little old lady, and, and learn something new every day. And that, you know, I say it all the time, but Joel Olstein and, and Tony Robbins won't sell a lot of books or, or self-help tapes. I just dated myself tapes. They won't sell a lot of self-help A-tracks. <laughs> Uh, eight tracks, but you do those, you do those five things every day, 365 days uh-huh. in a row and right. tell me how you're doing a year from now. And, right. and this yeah. is something that I didn't exercise early in recovery, but have in the last four or five years and it's made all the difference in the world. Right. So continue to do what you're doing. Uh, and then, uh, we're going to go around, uh, we're going to open the phone lines. So hold awesome. on. I want to, I'm going to switch the topic a little bit to, uh, how do you keep from, how do you keep from picking up the bad habits the other person had in the relationship Ooh. and not that you were absolutely innocent in a relationship right. but do you do you in your next relationship what i would worry about would be do i now pick out somebody that is weaker emotionally that i can then be in control of for a while and and the girls are losing their minds that right is, now that because is, I, that is the dangerous <laughs> part light, bulb. light I, bulbs going on yeah. i didn't just fall off a turnip truck i thought about yeah. this yeah. so 
how do you then not assume the power position in a relationship? How do you then maintain a spiritually equal or a copacetic type of relationship? Casey, I'm talking to you. Okay. So for me, um, when I left my husband, I absolutely jumped into a relationship where I was the power. Um, this guy treated me and my children amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, really did. He really loved us. And um, he was really, really good to us. But I, it wasn't intentional. It really wasn't. But I was so broken um, that I used it. Okay, mm-hmm. he's good to me. He, I don't have to work. And he's putting my kids in daycare. We live here for free. We, you know what I mean? He buy, bought me a brand new car. Wow. Um, it was all, and it, and I'm not materialistic. That's that's not what it is. It's just I was being taken care of in a way that I I desperately wanted from my husband. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I 100% took advantage of this guy, and he was great. And um, because I became the manip- I wasn't physical with him, but I was definitely a manipulator. I was emotionally abusive and saying that out loud cannot be easy it's so not that and shows if he's watching shows, this i'm so sorry no. i know who he is and i loved him i uh, he's, he really i i loved him too not it wasn't in a romantic i mean it was in a romantic way because we were dating but i think he still he deserves somebody that makes him happy he has a girlfriend now um that i knew for years and she's really great and they're really happy and i'm really happy for them um and he knows that I've apologized to him a hundred times. And um, anyway, um, how I got out of that is um, I find I ended up breaking up with him, and um, because the control, I started losing the control. Mm-hmm. So I started doing to him what um, how I would feel towards my ex-husband. So you so began to weaponize love, like right. the topic yep. mm-hmm. for tonight's so show, definitely. and it became a competition, not a partnership. Right, so he starts, mm-hmm. now he's insecure, and he's like, I'm not worth anything. Like, she's she doesn't love me, and I'm doing everything for her, and she I'm not enough. Right. So he absolutely 100% was enough. I was just broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's enough brokenness going around, right, by the way, right, deriving right. your self-worth from, from right, a relationship. Right. And, th- and that's, not his, end well. right, that's yeah. his side of the streets, you know, but, and that's definitely was, you know, um, some brokenness there. I know that he has like seek counseling and stuff since then. Um, I'm really proud of him for that. But um, it was, it was hard because I finally started realizing like I'm losing control because now he's insecure. Right. So now he's, he's getting some control of this relationship. And I ended up, um, like, I'm telling you, one day just broke up with him. Like, he had no idea. He was heartbroken. It was awful. And um, after that, I, I began to, I didn't want a boyfriend, really. I just wanted um, who who can give me that emotional lift mm-hmm. um, that I struggled with, with. Everything goes back to my ex-husband. So he we had not a good sexual relationship. So now I'm trying to seek I'm going to give my body to men mm-hmm. so that way they will look past the fact that I have three kids. Right. And um, so now I'm not saying anything to bribe them um, like I was with my ex-boyfriend, but now I'm using my body. What can I – I'm going to use my yeah. body so, so that way you like me, you know? So, so then, Jen, in your experience, after getting out of a relationship like that, how do you then move into a healthy relationship? Did you move into Ooh. another unhealthy relationship Absolutely. or what happened? Unhealthy after unhealthy un- after unhealthy. Yep. Um, 
it, it's for me, it was like phases. Like I would go through that where I just, I didn't want an emotional attachment with a, a guy and it was just sex. And then it would be like, I, you know, was like that crazy, like stage five clinger. And then the next one I would date like somebody that I almost like felt bad for mm -hmm. because I felt like I had that power over them. Mm. Um, and so it's like this emotional thing, and it's awful. It yeah. is awful. So like you're I absolutely would, out of control. Out of control. Yeah. Out of control. And it's not until I found out who I was, until I started working on me, um, wow. and knowing who, who I, just who I am, and that I am enough. That I, I deserve um, a great guy. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to protect me and love me and be kind to me. Mm -hmm. um, until I found Jesus, until um, I, until I sought after Jesus and, yeah. and that relationship, I, I didn't know what love was. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know, like, and I didn't have a bad childhood. Like, my parents are great. You know what I mean? Too, like, I, I saw my, my dad is a retired captain of the fire department. Like, you know what I mean? I had a really good childhood. He, my dad didn't like beat my mom or anything. You know what I mean? But because this world tells us, you know, to look a certain way and act a certain way. And this is what love is. And it's sex and it's this and it's that. And it's not, you know, love is supposed to be patient and kind. And, um, you know, knowing who I am, um, as as a daughter, um, knowing to whom I belong to, is is that it wasn't until then that I start understanding what I deserve and and you know I did a lot of a lot of horrible things and I've treated a lot of people very badly um, because because I was hurt because I didn't know how to process that um, you know like I said I, I would date guys that I I knew that I was better than um, just so that I could keep that power some kind of control yeah. so i went oh. through a period in my own life where uh uh after my son's mother mm -hmm. uh, i just looked at it almost like a game like if this is how it's done is this is how yeah. everybody else plays it right. this is how i'm going to play it too uh and that goes against one of my my moral precepts of don't let other people's behavior dictate your behavior right and while i participated in it over a, a period of years uh i knew i was i was at a, i was it was not kevin like right mm -hmm. it was not me and uh, I had to had to pull back completely and then rebuild any any idea of, of even a friendly relationship with women. It was six months later before I was go back on Facebook to say hello to people, hug right. in church. I just to me, I had to shut down and reevaluate mm -hmm. my situation. I had to retract completely. Uh, so then we go to we go to the phone lines are open, by the way. So you can call in seven, two, seven, six hundred fifty eight, thirty seven. Uh, and if you see me, I answer the phone and I do the interview. So if it gets a little awkward when people call, but the phone calls are usually awesome. So I, I encourage people to, to call in now. Yeah. Being early in recovery and you're still essentially married. Are you married? Yeah, yeah. We, so uh, we're not divorced or anything. So your your situation is, is a little bit different in that you're still in the situation. There is a chance if you both seek healing and recovery that this thing could be saved. Now, I don't know where you're at. and You don't have to speak into that here publicly. Uh, but you have the opportunity uh, to save this relationship, but you won't be able to do it. I'm, I hate to say you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. So your your significant other has to seek recovery as well, and this thing could be salvaged. In the meantime, being early in recovery and being married, 
I, if I was your sponsor, I'd tell you relationships are off the table right now. Yeah, um, and I've definitely been told that. Uh, <laughs> because my issue definitely for sure is I'm desperate for love. I grew up, my my mom loved me beyond belief, but she still drank herself to death by the time I was 15. So once she was gone and I was like had no other choice but to live with my father that I didn't necessarily favor, um, he did not know how to love me, not the way a father should. Mm -hmm. So uh, when when I met uh, my wife in, in high school, it basically turned into, well, someone finally shows that they love me. But as, you know, like she cheated on me, like, I've only cheated on her three times ever. Oh, is that Six. all? Well, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> you know baseball, those are Hall of Fame numbers, bro. Uh, so that ain't bad. Not in comparison. Yeah. Let's just say it that. I'm not going to get into it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, I, it's not that I wouldn't have back then, you know, just I didn't care to. So, so we go right back to a situation, I think, and I don't know you or, or your wife very well, but right. I would think, we're, again, we're talking about somebody that is deriving their self-worth from the wrong place. Right. And until, Jen kind of touched on it a little bit, but until you... Until you, I don't think you could love anyone until you, you love yourself right. as you, as within your relationship with your creator. So right. at that point, uh, now I'm, uh, I'm a pastor and unmarried, so I'm celibate, but my, my thought is, uh, if, if God wants me to serve in this capacity, in this role, that's fine with me. Uh, my, my desires for relationships are rational and proportionate. They're not dead, but they're rational and proportionate now mm -hmm. where they right. weren't for a, a period in my life, right? Now, Paul was, if you read Scripture, Paul was selected to be, he even said, I, if I, you all should be like me and not, and not get in a relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you, if you burn with desire, then you should get married. Right. Uh, right. So if God has picked me, uh, you know, we'll talk about it when I get to heaven. I'm not wild about it, but uh, <laughs> if he's picked me to live like this right. in this role right now in this season of my life, my main goal is to is to serve the kingdom. Right. Uh, right. And then if he, you know, if he wants me to have a wife, he'll issue me one. So that'll be nice. Uh, so the uh, so in all that just to say, uh, we want to be sure that uh, we are first and foremost uh, abiding in the vine. John 15, abide in the vine. Don't worry about the fruit. You will be pruned and it hurts. In life, we get pruned. And you guys were a prime example of that. And I have been in my life. Right. But as long as we abide in the vine, we're pruned by the vine dresser, which is God the Father, that we would then bear more and better fruit. So you are right. in, you're in a situation now, a, a little earlier, you know, they're further along in the situation than you are. Right. But you are now in a situation where you're being pruned for something greater, to bear more fruit and better fruit. And you need to have faith in that. And the hard part is don't think about the fruit. It's none of your business. Right. As soon as you think right. about the fruit, what you're really thinking about is yourself. We abide in the vine, Jesus, and it keeps us uh, it keeps us walking in that first John light, if that makes sense. So the uh, regardless of what he has for your future, it's none of your business. None of any of our right. business is what he has planned for us for the future. What is our business is that we abide in that vine. We we have a choice every day to walk in the darkness or walk in the light. And uh, right. the enemy uh, wants you thinking of yourself, right? God wants you to love him. The enemy wants you to love everything else, right? So yes. God doesn't, the enemy, uh, the devil doesn't come to you with red horns and a pitchfork. He comes no. to you in the form of everything you ever wanted. Ever wanted. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we need to be, <laughs> we need to be, we accept the protection, the Ephesians 6 protection, putting on the full armor of God that we would 
uh, that we would be prepared for this spiritual battle that we're about to face. And I'm, I'm ready to preach. If you catch me preaching, <laughs> say amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready to get up. I'll go, I'll go back. I'll go open the church right now. I'll let's preach to nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, uh, so we have, uh, we have had a, a really, really powerful conversation here. This is a, this is a podcast that, uh, uh, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do mm-hmm. because I don't have a lot of experience with it. And, and there is a control thing there for me. Right. And, and the father put it on my heart that I would learn through this process. Yeah. Like the audience would learn through this process. So, uh, when the, when the, uh, pupil is ready, the teachers will appear. And I think that happened today. So this has been a really important, powerful episode that I think it's, it's going to be on the channel forever now. So I'll, we can't tell how many lives we can affect, how many people we can encourage, uh, with a podcast like this. Now, Having said that, guys, if there's anything I can do for you, uh, it, be it recovery, chemical addiction, any kind of recovery at all, I have resources inside and outside of the state of Florida. I'd be glad to help. Message me at GodLogicProject.com. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a story we can tell, again, message me, GodLogicProject.com. I'll try to build a podcast around that. Uh, and uh, uh, even if you just need prayer, if you just need to uh, yeah. want to exchange emails and, and, and maybe steer you in the right direction spiritually, that's what we do the God Logic for, Project for. It is it's not for any other reason except to reach out and help people and, and have this conversation, uh, uh, have conversations that we would not normally have because people in this day, in 21st century, 2020 America, we only talk to people that agree with us. Right, right. Yeah. We're trying to build up a platform <laughs> here where people that don't agree, people that don't know, Uh, can learn uh, through watching this show and participating in this show. With that in mind, please subscribe, like, uh, comment. If you give it a thumbs down, please comment so I can see what I can, I can uh, get some negative feedback as well. I'm going to go around the room real quick and I'm going to, I'm going to just have everybody give their elevator speech. The last two minutes, what do you want to leave people with? What thought do you want to leave people with today, Casey, tonight? Uh, If they're in a situation that you were in, uh, you know, three or four years ago, what, uh, what advice would you give them uh, for moving forward? Um, wow. You knew I was going to ask this. Kind I of know, right. but it's just, <laughs> it's just so real because it is. <laughs> I just it hurts me to know that other people are going through it. Right when you're in the when you're in it, you feel like you're the only one, mm-hmm. and you're not. Um, there is hope, and sometimes when you leave, it it gets a little uglier before it gets better. Um, that's what happened. Definitely happened to me. Um. My life got much worse, um, which you think what's worse than somebody beating up your child. But it got worse, definitely got worse. Um, but it gets better. It really does get better. And um, and it does through a relationship with Jesus for me. Um, I tried on my own. Yeah, and just talking and about it, we're only as sick as our secrets. If you right, speak this right, into the right. light, it yeah, loses exactly. its power mm-hmm, over you. Mm-hmm. Jen, what last last couple of minutes, what would you tell folks to do? Um much the same thing that you're not alone like you're not alone talk to someone reach out to your support online email whatever like there's like just reach out you're not alone don't give up hope um real love doesn't do that yep make you feel like that that is not love um that's not love uh that's not respect that's not loyalty that's not a that's not a thing. Um, that's disrespect, and that's yeah. ugly. And, you know, um, when you're looking for a partner, look, like, find yourself and love yourself first. And, and you guys, when you come together and you're equally yoked, and, and that when you're spiritually fit, 
just really helps. Like if, if you're not equally yoked with your partner and one is a Christian and the other one isn't like, it's not going to work. It's tough. Yes. It, it's difficult. And, and What's the scripture wrong? calls us to be equally yoked. And right. Paul lays out in his letter to the church at Corinth, what love is and what it isn't. Right. Love isn't boastful, it's, right? Right. It's not jealous. It's kind uh, and it's patient. Yeah. If you fill your name in that, or your spouse's name in that, um, Bible verse. Where, instead of so love. you say, Casey is patient. I Am see. I patient? Right. Um, is my spouse patient? I like that. Um, and if you do that and you you put your either your name or somebody else's name uh-huh. in that the whole thing, anytime it says love, um, you will be like, Holy crap, I am I'm jacked up. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just don't 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 lose hope that um you know, keep trying, get out of it. That's, that's not love. Like it will get better. Um, you don't have to live like that. Um, and just, just, yeah, just keep going. There's blessings. So I'm going to go to Kendall for your last two minutes, but first buddy, I got to tell you that, uh, that, uh, Jen's mom, very impressed with you. Uh, and she says more men should be as brave as this guy. Maybe this could Uh be a calling for him. This Mm -hmm. could be why you're being pruned right now. Uh, women can be abusers too. Yeah, it's, it's possible. So, uh, uh, I know you're kind of new in this whole process, but uh, uh, if you if you were tr- going to try to give somebody hope in this situation, what would you say? A couple minutes. Um, I mean, in this situation, um, people are going to present opportunities to you. Um, I know for a female in this uh, presentation, you're going to have guys coming to you like, "I'll I'll take you and save you from this relationship." Mm-hmm. But I honestly, from experience, don't think that's who you would run to because no. you're going to somebody who knows how to manipulate you they saw how your ex was manipulating you so i've noticed they want to be next so yeah prey behavior triggers a predator response both mm-hmm. in nature and in the human nature and i i shouldn't say this but i told somebody uh on text via text message that i'm not looking for a unique fixer upper anymore <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. that uh that that has to be you know i bring something to the table too right right and yeah so i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna uh it's not any port in a, in a storm anymore mm-hmm. for me. I, I have a port in the storm now, and I have my hands full with, with running a church, running a podcast, yeah. raising a kid by myself. Right. Uh, I, I'm willing to do to do this for the duration uh, and and trust God, right? With Like I said, if he wants me to have a wife, he'll issue me one. One yeah. will fall out of the sky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, I, I've got work to do, right? right. I've got kingdom work Always to do. Always work to do. Yeah. Uh, I, we're going to close with some more comments. Uh Don Vanker says, "Do a show on self worth and what the Bible says, and yes. we should feel how what we should feel about ourselves." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I'd be glad to do that, and I'd be glad to do a sermon on that certainly as well. Uh, my bu- my old buddy, one of the oldest supporters of the God Logic Project, when we were an apologetic uh, weekly apologetic uh, meeting, apologetics is is the science and the history behind the Bible, things okay. like that. Oh, okay. And I used to teach on that, and I still will and do. Uh, but uh, he says, thanks, Kev. Well, Kevin, time well spent. It's good to hear from Joe. I've been missing you. Tony Ann says, great topic. And I say, uh, thank you again for watching. If you want to support the God Logic Project, anchor.fm. That's a little weird. Forward slash God Logic Project. You can become a, a project partner. You can help us do this. You're helping us by watching. You're helping us by subscribing. You're helping us by sharing this content. And you're helping us by commenting online, too. So give it a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs down. Comment. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you, and so do we. We love you. So receive that. Be blessed, and we'll speak soon.
outro music. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production. Your mileage may vary. Shut up, Kevin.